Welcome to the Abandonment Issues Podcast. We are so happy to have you join us each week as we sift through the ashes of abandonment and, mostly, parental loss. By actually talking about the bewildering, turbulent, and quite often humorous nature of the grieving process. Being two early-onset orphans, we quickly connected over our shared grief and the secret little club of us that exists. Those with whom you can say it plain without worrying about being the bummer, or having someone look at you horrified with how you speak about death. We also bonded over how little grief is talked about in society and the need, especially now, to vocalize and normalize grief and the grieving process. We are here to share this space and remind you that you do not have to go through it alone. And although we have our own set of feelings about our specific experiences of abandonment and grief, here we extend our traumatized, psychoanalyzed, and humorized selves to you all. Whether you're a full orphan, you've only lost one parent, or you had parents who were otherwise unavailable. You know, weren't present in your life because they were incarcerated, consumed with addiction, deployed, or maybe even shunned you. We think you'll be able to relate. Grief is the journey of a lifetime. And death can feel life-shattering at times. While in other moments, leave you grabbing your sides with laughter. So grab your tissues. It's time to laugh. Cry. And do our best to heal together. Grab some cocoa. And let's get cozy with our feelings. It's time to talk about abandonment issues. Grab your sides, grab your tissues. We're here to laugh and cry and talk about abandonment issues. Hello, I am Sarah Beth Bassick. And I am Clarissa Tebow. And this is... Abandonment Abandonment Issues! Ah, here we are, Clarissa. It is that time, finally, that season of the year when Abandonment Issues podcast is out. Oh, yeah. And when your abandonment issues are at their peak. (laughs) (laughs) You said it, yes. Um, it is the holiday season, whatever holiday that is that you celebrate, whatever it is you do or don't do. Y'all, it's a lot this time of year. Yeah, even if, you know, whatever holiday you celebrate, if you've lost someone, it makes it a lot harder. Yeah, and uh, having this sweet little pandemic, the sweet little pandemic on mm. top of it is uh, mm-hmm. giving it a little extra spice this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of extra, extra like, God dang it. Yeah. The, just a sweet little, like, we'll just call it like an icicle in the heart because it's like, instead of oh, a knife, God. it's like, it's seasonal. You're right. That it was sounds too much. so morbid, an icicle <laughs> in the heart. I'm just saying like the twist of the knife is a little bit sharper. More, yeah. Like, let's be honest. We're all feeling a little bit more on edge and worried about things, right? Like mm-hmm. people are starting to have to worry about they can't see their families for the holiday. Yeah. They can't actually be with the ones they love. They can't. Um, they're worried. Every, everyone's worried. Or if worried. you are, you know, if you are braving it and seeing your family, I think no matter who you are, there's this worry that, well, what if I, you know, what if COVID is, you know, infiltrates my family? And then what my whole thing is, it's Thanksgiving. You know, Thanksgiving's coming yeah. up. Here in America, and um, Canadians, I want you're my family done with that. Yeah, <laughs> I want my family to make it to Christmas. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like there are going to be a lot of. I mean, there have been what was it like two hundred thousand new cases? So in a day or something. Ugh. So there will be people who see their family this Thanksgiving 
who will lose them by Christmas. Can I just say, I've realized we're a new podcast and you may just be listening for the first time, but just please don't. Just please don't go see your families. If you don't yes. live in the same household or if you are going to see them and you can have up to two or three households or whatever, be outside. Wear masks. Like it's be just careful. Be paranoid. All right. Yeah. Be paranoid. You. So this is I think we talk a lot about the reason why we are starting this podcast, because we do have this experience. We do have this loss, mm-hmm. this grief. And I don't know about you. I do know about you because we talk a lot, but I'm feeling a lot of I'm feeling very um triggered by this. I don't love that word. And I realize it's kind of I don't love it because it's become kind of buzzy. Yeah. But I really just I feel both exhausted by people like making risk assessments and things like that, because you don't know what you don't know until you know it. And that may seem silly, but I don't know if you had anything happen like this to you. But when I lost my mom, it was my second parent that I'd lost. Um, I lost my father when I was 16 and my mom when I was in my 20s. And I had I had a dear friend who was like, basically, he said, you know, you kind of like maybe just need to kind of like buck up and move on. And we need to find ways to move forward. Right. Which he meant well. He did. He had great intention behind it. I know how much this person loves me. And then it would be months later that he unfortunately lost his father. And he called me and he said, I'm so sorry I didn't understand all of the things that I was asking of you. I didn't understand the extent to which this permeates an entire life. And I think that's what I'm feeling right now when people are making these risk assessments or they're like walking me through why it's okay that they are driving cross country. Oh, we're not leaving our car or we're we're not doing this. We're not doing that. It's so hard because like I know so many people are saying like you can't run other people's lives, which is true, guys. We can't be codependent. We can't like but it's also to try to explain what it's like to have experienced real grief like this. And I don't want that for you. Yeah. I mean, that's something I think we've touched on in the past. Like we both lost our parents and to, you know, not necessarily freak accidents, mm. you know, like I don't know how to like I lost my my dad to um, cirrhosis of the liver and kidney failure, my mom to breast cancer. Mm-hmm. And if I know that if I could have done anything more, even as a child and as an adult, whatever, to protect their health yeah, to, so that they could stay on this earth with me, I would have done literally, I wouldn't have seen them for 10 years if that was the policy, you know, like I would have yeah. done anything. And I think that kind of... um I don't know, perspective, I guess. You don't have until they're gone to realize, oh, like I would have sacrificed 12 Christmases if that meant that they were still going to be here. Absolutely. And I think, are you feeling that thing too of like, because of the pandemic, it's coming up a lot. I don't know if people are talking to you, but like, I feel like in my, (laughs) some of my friends' heads, like, and I'm appreciative that they talk to me. I'm like, yes, please, let's talk about things. But that I feel like they're like, you're a grief guru. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> just been trodden these boards for a long time, guys. <laughs> just like, you know hard. what? I actually I know what you mean. Right. Like I've had family members and friends who reach out being like, oh, well, this I don't know how to feel. And talking to me like a grief guru. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I'm like, do you realize that when you talk to me about this, it brings up all of my grief, yeah. too. Like the memory of it. And not that that's necessarily a bad thing, right? Like, I think it's good to... But it's a hard thing. But it's a hard thing. And I think for them, it's in theory. And for me, it's in practice. Yes. And that's the difference. Mm -hmm. That's the hard difference. That is the hard difference. And I think that we've been talking about that a lot with this pandemic in general, that 
you know, people are really having to confront grief that they've not thought about before. Yeah. In terms of like possibly losing parents or grandparents or, you know, like how they passed away and everything, too. It's myriad things of wading into this grief. And it's it's fascinating because I'm finding myself looking at it and feeling like this is a mass scale of loss, of grief, right? Mm -hmm. And people who are not personally affected because they haven't lost anyone, even those who have gotten it and made it through it relatively unscathed, right? That it's like, it almost feels like what I felt like when I was grieving. That it's like, I feel like I can't bring it up. I feel like I can't like talk about this Mm -hmm. like sadness that I have, this concern that I have, these things, because... It's like seeing on a mass scale, feeling how grief is ignored in our society. Yeah. How grief is pushed away. And I think it's it's on macro levels, like losing a family member and on micro levels. Yeah. Like, I think there's been, you know, they've said there's been an uptick in people's search for mental health resources during this yes. time because we're all in this pressure cooker of emotion, just staying home. Get yourself a good therapist, y'all. That's yeah, a- get a good therapist. <laughs> Listen. Sponsored by therapy. Take your time. Get through a bunch of them. Find one that resonates with you. The first trial is it's like dating. Just figure yeah, it out. Yeah, it is like dating. Sorry, but go on, that being said, like, I know that though I have the experience of grieving the loss of my parents mm. with COVID, I was grieving the loss of my life, you know, and yeah. I think most people were. You're grieving the loss of, I mean, as stupid as it sounds, like I want to go to, a, you know, like I want to go inside of buildings and not feel terrified. Like I've yeah. lost this this sense of um, a feeling of safety in most places. And mm. I think, I don't know, I think that there's there's like micro level stuff, right? Like, oh, I don't get to hug my friend when I go to read a, you know, I don't know, like going to my theater company and reading a play and being able to hug all my friends while we do it that yeah will not happen again for a very long time yeah versus like losing an actual human being that i love but it's i think you're what you're right about is like this collective grief this collective grieving over little things and and major things and our society's mm. kind of inability to acknowledge it like i know yeah. we do but i feel like even in covid times i've heard so many people be like well what are you doing with this time and like this and like that and like there's one way to do it you know like i don't know people who are just so gung-ho about um i'm gonna write a book or i'm gonna do this and do that and i know people have said this too like you can you can spend this time however you're gonna spend this time but i don't know what i'm hoping is people are learning how to build out their self-care regimens during this time yeah because we are grieving a lot of things right now yeah a lot of things and no one is untouched in the Mm -hmm. entire world too like it's the world it's not just the u.s even though the u.s is doing horribly with covid um (laughs) it's the whole world has been affected by this in some way yeah So to not acknowledge that there is some sort of grief or grieving process going on in you right now is not to your benefit. Like, I think that that's something that we all need to start, you know, coming to terms with. It's okay if you're not okay, even if the thing you're not okay with in your mind is something not worth being not okay about. Like, it's it's all good. It is all good. I feel like, um, yeah, that's just. That's it. Coming into the holiday season as well. Yeah. It feels like yet another layer of things on top of that, right? Because so many of us have a part of that story of our holiday times are now different. There's an empty Mm -hmm. chair at the table. Yeah. There is a missing voice when you're like singing carols or like when you're 
yeah, just doing any of the things they do. Do you have any, <laughs> is this just me? Do you have any like songs at Christmas time, especially oh, or God. at the holidays? Like, I feel like they tend to be more secular Christmas carols and things like that that are on that. Like, I have so many that like, if I try to sing them, I get about four measures in before I'm like, it's such a silent night without my mother with a baby jesus he had it so hard later this is horrible um no no mine is truly like i don't know we're we're slightly different ages we're a good like generation difference but Mine is Karen Carpenter. Anything by the Carpenters, pretty much. Now, there's some, like, kind of, like, corny, fun little songs or whatever. But there's literally this song where she's basically, it's an entire love letter to her father who's no longer with them and how she wishes she could Christmas with him. And in my mind, I'm Christmasing with you. And I had a moment, like, two years ago where I just had Christmas carols on. I was like, I'm going to take a bath. Like you said, self-care. I'm going to, like, get into it. And I just, I was like, I'm Christmasing with you. I was like, I'm going to drown in my own tears in here. <laughs> no, I think, I think like my family, there aren't a ton of like the Christmas song necessarily. But well, I know, we should point out for the listeners that you are. Oh yeah, I am Buddhist. Yeah, so I wasn't I was supposed like... to be involved in any of this. However, I love Christmas. I love the holiday season. Yeah. It is like my favorite time of year and maybe because I have no like religious connection to it so for me it's just all the glitz Mm. and glam and all the commercial aspects (laughs) of it and I love it I love it I think it's yeah because your immediate family was Buddhist and your your aunt who you yeah so my aunt who raised me after my mom and once I was orphaned at 12 um I moved in with my aunt and my uncle who um were Catholic So, but even before I moved in with him, like my mom was raised Christian, became Buddhist later. And my dad was like a fake Christian. Like he, he had converted to Buddhism to marry my mother and then was like, I don't (laughs) like this shit. And just like would, and I say fake Christian because all he would ever do is wear a cross around his neck. And that's it. He never prayed. I never seen that man pray one day of my life. Like- my dad used to call it. My dad said he was a recovering Catholic. And he, he was like, yeah, you know, there's a lot of us who are just like Creaster folks. And I was like, what's Creaster? He's like, you go on Christmas, you go on Easter. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, my dad didn't even go on Christmas and Easter. Well, to be fair, my mom, we were Methodist and we went to church growing up. We were uh, Methodist in a small town and it was a great church community and everything. But like... There would be times when she'd be like, we're Methodist. God knows where we are. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to walk into that building today. It's okay. No, I mean, I think there are a lot of, it's it's funny because I think when I was little, I didn't quite understand that like the songs were about Jesus. <laughs> like there's yeah. a baby in a manger. I was like, whatever that means. <laughs> like yeah. not really real, not knowing the context of any of the songs, not realizing how they are so religious. But just like, I just loved, I love, I think what really got me into Christmas in all actuality, my, my mother loved Christmas, but the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Let me tell you what. <laughs> Let me tell I've you never what. Seen that. that movie. Okay, so mine is mine is a Christmas songs, but yours is movies for sure. Movies. Like, okay. We watch a Christmas story. You know, it goes on TBS every year, and it just yeah. plays and plays and plays for like twenty four hours. Mean, like, they play it like yeah, uh, that's not even a joke, right? No, like, they play it it's like back for... to back. It's it's back to back <laughs> for 
24 or 48 hours or something. And we watch all of it. You're like, like it is just the soundtrack of a day. At sir, every Christmas, pretty much that I can remember, TBS will be on for at least three or four Christmas stories throughout nice. the day. So you can pop in and, you know, watch them beheading that duck in the Chinese restaurant or <laughs> could pop in and see him saying, oh, fudge. So I've seen that movie <laughs> so many times just on Christmas. Yeah. But there are a few movies like that, like The Polar Express also does it for me. Oh. Like the music, the magic. Yeah. Th- I think that's the part the of it. The animation was a little bit creepy on oh, that movie. super creepy. The hair didn't but, move. Right? It was my favorite book growing up. My mom, like, remember when you used to have those scholastic book fairs? Oh, yeah. And it would be like, you can pick one book. But that book fair often happened around my birthday. Mm. So my mom would buy me one and she'd write a little note in the front. And I'd get it, and I have, I still have my copy of the Polar oh. Express. So, um, but I saw that shortly after. When did that come out? It came out. That in came like out two thousand seven. No, no, early two thousands. I don't know honestly because I don't think I saw it. I don't think I saw it when it first came out. I think I think I got on the Polar Express train. See what I did there, folks. <laughs> you did that. Did you that. did that so hard. Um, so hard because I'm. I'm a cheesy motherfucker. Yeah, I like it though. I bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I got on that train a little late because I didn't read the Polar Express as a kid. Oh, okay. So I didn't really know the source material. Like I wasn't. Yeah. I, maybe I had read it once, but it wasn't one of those books that was in my bookshelf. Um, yeah. But the music in that movie is so great. That Josh Groban song. Oh my god! Children. If I hear it, even on the. <laughs> Sleeping. Oh, I'm like, we don't have copyright, so Josh, just Sorry. just know we love your song. Just, it moves us like a, lot. a lot. Um, yeah, but always tears, even in the car. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll get a, I'll get a like a little lip quiver. Well, I'll tell you what happened this year, which is with Polar Express, George Floyd, when that happened, mm. right? I was so upset, and like just so for weeks, I was so upset. And then one day, I, Colin was asking me what I wanted to do. You know, like if there was something I wanted to do that day because I was having a really down day, like just really depressed. And I looked at him and I was like, I want to watch the Polar Express. I want to watch the Polar Express. And then just sobbed through the whole movie. And I was like, this movie is so bright and hopeful and there's magic and there's Santa. And yes. God damn it, I wish the world was this way, but it's not. <laughs> yeah, But it is like, especially at the holidays, all those things like I feel like um, I feel like there's uh, several authors or uh, even in some way like they just talk about like the, the veil being a bit thin yeah. during times of year. And like it is I think it is just the presence and the prevalence of how many things happen that are tradition that are in- integrated into our our own narrative of our whole life. Yeah. And so when you've lost someone, it's it's like you, again, it's like going back through a scrapbook that you mm-hmm. like see the pictures and see the things and it's like, oh, but that doesn't, that's not here anymore. Earthly. Yeah. Like still in you. That book is still written. It still exists. Exactly. And I think it is so sensory too. Like you're saying, like, I think especially during the holidays, the music makes me, my whole body feel different sometimes. Yeah. You know, even if I'm just, well, you know, pre-COVID, walking through a mall or something <laughs> or through like one of those little outdoor strip malls or something and you can hear the Christmas music playing through those fake rocks that are <laughs> laid out in the landscaping. And I'll just be like, oh, it's so cozy and so nice. And I'm going to go in there and buy a bunch of shit. <laughs> and it just makes me feel good. Yeah, definitely. So you said your mom loved Christmas. Like, did, mm-hmm. did you have certain things that you did at Christmas? I mean, I think it was all kind of the stuff that every Everybody does. And, and even though we were Buddhist, it's like we put up a tree, we do, you know, ornaments and we would um, watch 
Christmas movies and listen to Christmas music. And I mean, she was raised Catholic, I think Catholic okay. or Christian. I don't know. My grandma was from the Philippines, so my guess was Catholic. Mm. So I think part of it for her, too, was the tradition of doing all of it. And I know that her and my aunts, her sisters, grew up really poor, like okay. proper poor. So, you know... The holidays were always a time where it was a question mark if you were going to, if Santa, quote unquote, was going to come. So I think all three of them, there are three women, my my mom Mm -hmm. had two other sisters, um, overdo it on the holidays to make up for their childhood of not really getting it. So like my Aunt Rosita, my Aunt Violet are very like, get them everything. (laughs) It's Christmas. (laughs) They turn into Oprah. It's great. (laughs) You get a car and you get a car. You get a doll and you get a doll and you get the doll's bed. (laughs) That was how I grew up. (laughs) Yes. But I feel like, um, I don't know how this happens for you. Like, so we a lot of times get together with our whole family. And I feel like I have this emotional process at this point that I'm very excited to see the family like I love my family very much everyone gets together we smush into a house for seven days there's kids everywhere and like food everywhere and just like it's good and I love it and I wait for it but like as actors like we have to a lot of times be available through like right before Christmas right so through our entire lives we are just yeah exactly like they they don't care that it's a holiday so i'm like i feel like i'm trying to like everyone rush around and figure out how i'm gonna get my life together so i can get home and have that time and actually be with them and it's usually about three days beforehand that i start like my mind starts being like oh but actually i I love this but i i hate it because i'm gonna go and my parents aren't gonna be there my brother is going to be there, who is the person I love most in this world. Like, this is amazing. My whole extended family, like, they are just truly wonderful, even in the times where we're like, oh, my God, we've been in a house for seven days together. <laughs> like, it's still great. Like, we're all still sad to leave at the end. And then I find my way through it. But it's funny. Like, I will find myself worrying about stupid shit. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And like, oh, well, like, is this going to happen? And do I have like whatever? And then I usually get through the holidays pretty well. There's usually at least one point where I look at my brother or my one of my aunts, like one of my mom's sisters, and I'm like, I really miss my mom. Yeah. You know, like my dad, too. And I definitely do. But they're her sisters. Right. So right. like I see her in them. Yeah. She, they're They're physically like in front of me. And I'm usually fine until I get on the plane to go home. Mm. And then suddenly I'm like, it dawns on my soul, on my spirit, like, you didn't see them. Because yeah. I think there's like a little kid hope in the back of my brain all the time. That's like, no, they'll they'll show up. Oh, yeah. Like, they're just not here yet. I think that's such a huge, I think I only realized it once I was, God, maybe college, that I thought my parents, maybe there was this slim chance they were spies. And they had to leave me for other reasons. Please tell me more about this. <laughs> I mean, and, and it's, totally, it's a kid thing. It makes sense. It, like, No, no, it's totally irrational. But I think because I was kind of shielded from both of their deaths in a way. Yeah, I mean, you were so young. I was. Yeah, I was young. I mean, I think anybody would do that for a child. But um, mm. there was a part of me that still like irrationally thought, you know, I was going to be walking down the street one day and see the back of their head and come and they're there. And the reality was it was like this big conspiracy that had happened and they didn't really die, but they had to like 
stop their life with me because of X, Y, Z or whatever. And it only was like once I was in college that I even realized that I did think that way on some kind of subconscious level that I was like, and then grieving the loss of that too. I remember having like a breakdown and being like, that's not the truth. That's never going to happen. Don't like it was like a hope. You know, it was like the last little inkling of hope that they were still going to be around. And I came to terms with that. But I think I don't think that's irregular. Like, I think most people feel that way. And I had a question for you, too, like, because I think it it was the most potent. Right. Thinking they were still going to be there the first Christmas they were both gone. So I'm wondering for you, like, do you remember that first or, you know, whatever holiday season where you knew you weren't going to see them? But it was the first time, you know, doing those traditions without them there. Yes. And again, I think that's a like, such a good thing to talk about. The firsts of everything are so hard. Yeah. But especially the first holiday season, again, because it's such a, it's so built around family. Yeah. It's so built, which is why it's hard for people who aren't necessarily grieving traditional loss. It's like. They're grieving loss of traditional family structure or uh, they're grieving never having had the experience that other people have had. It's funny to think of that first Christmas because if I try to recall it just like straight away, I don't remember it. I was going to say because I don't remember my <laughs> And I was just wondering yeah. if you did because that first Christmas, I think my brain was like, nope. Yeah. I, I remember... I remember going to stay with my grandpa for a couple extra nights after we'd been with the full family or like maybe just a night or two. And I forget if it's that we drove him to my aunt's and that's why we were there. But I remember my brother wanting to get home to see his then girlfriend. Mm. And I was so upset because I was like, no, we don't have our part. And it was like, like I couldn't for him. He was just grieving a different way. And he did have this person in his life that he's like, but I want to see this person. And I want to. And I'm like, I I remember like weeping at my grandfather's and trying Mm -hmm. to like and my brother being like, I don't know what you want like from me. Right. And I remember being angry and I remember being sad and I remember being like, but I don't actually remember what we fought, quote unquote, about. I'm I'm not even sure it was like really a fight. I'm sure he was just watching me melt down being like, what? You know, because there had also... My brother is my best friend. He's this amazing human. We're only a year and a half apart. Like we grew up together. There's one grade between us in school. Like we were we were right behind each other and everything. And like that's made such a great group of friends and such a great group of humans and how we interact. And like our experience was like very tandem in many ways. And yet super different. Yeah. Because like I honestly don't remember the first Christmas without my dad either. Yeah, I don't. I think I remember the Christmas, the last Christmas with my dad. Yes. I remember the last Christmas with my mom, too. Yeah. Like that Christmas, my dad worked at the Salvation Army kind of randomly. Okay. So I had a shit ton of presents. I had so many presents. You know the kid in Harry Potter, Dudley, who's like, 31, but I wanted 32. I remember I counted that year. I had 37 presents. I had 37 presents. You counted. I had two boppets. human. <laughs> were they different colors? No, they were the same damn bop it, but I got two of them. <laughs> You're like, Dan, did you forget that you wrapped them? <laughs> I'm pretty sure like he I think I don't I don't even know if he was supposed to do that. You know? Like, You're I, like, you don't get to go through the things and pick them take first. presents from the underprivileged kids and give them to your daughter. Oh Lord. That was the oh, last no. Christmas I had with him as I remember it was just like the tree was stacked that year. Like 
stacked <laughs> and I got so much shit I didn't even want. But it was, you know, I think I must have been 10. I guess I was 10 years old okay. last Christmas. And I remember just thinking, don't even matter. I got 37 presents. Don't even matter what's in those boxes. I got 37. <laughs> Who cares? I get to unwrap 37 different yes. things. And that, you're like, here's the, the moral of the story is parents, wrap everything separately. Just wrap. Doesn't matter how small it is, <laughs> wrap it separately. Wrap it separately. <laughs> just, Your 10-year-old will love it. Yeah, exactly. The point is I want to tear some paper off some shit. Yeah. <laughs> That was it. And and also it was like bragging rights, right? Like kids would talk about the number of presents they got, which is so classic. Oh, that's like, very... It's also kind of shitty because imagine, you know, there's a it's poor totally kid. I was shitty. I wasn't a rich kid. Like my parents definitely didn't have a ton of money. Um, So most right. of the time I was the one being like, I got like a few presents. But that year I was like, hey, how many presents you get? <laughs> I got 37. I just can imagine little Clarissa yeah. having that conversation. It was... I feel like I remember the last Christmas with my mom. Every Christmas, we would watch this very cheesy, because it was on PBS, um, Barry Manilow special. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, my mom didn't own a Barry Manilow record at all, but like you'd be surprised yourself how many of the songs you actually know, even though you don't own any of it. Right. I mean, to be fair, I don't own any Coldplay, and if it comes on the radio, I'm like, I kind of know it, because people play well, it everywhere. Pop culture, it happens. Um, yeah, exactly. But it was great. And we would sit around, we sat around in our bathrobes and drank wine and sang every song so loud. My brother was so annoyed. <laughs> he was like, you two are, he's like, can you just, I, I think he went out with his friends anyway. And he was like, you two are a mess. Well, and didn't you, and we like, didn't you say too that you and your mom sound a lot alike? So I'm sure it was just like an echo of the same yeah. voice. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes, we do sound so alike. Like that was one of the strangest things that talking about first. The first phone calls I had to make that were not to our family, mm. that were to like, I remember I had to call the bank and my mom was my mom. And we lived in a smaller town or a small area in Wisconsin, right? And so like she was friends with her loan officer. Like they knew each other. I think they were part of like AAUW together, like American Associated Business or University Women or like one of these groups or something wonderful like this. They had a connection with each other. And I knew that I sounded like my mom because, like, her friends would call and be like, Linda. And I'm like, it's not Linda. It's Sarah. And I had to call this woman and say my mom had passed. Now, she knew that she had passed, but I had to, like, do paperwork right. things. And she started crying. Oh, no. And she was she was apologizing to me. She's like, I'm sorry. You just sound so much like your mom. And I'm like, it really dawned on me. I'm like, that must be so weird. Yeah. Like, same for, like, my, my aunties, like, her sisters who, like, love me so much and know me as my own person because I grew up with them. But also, there must be times when it's like, this. you sound so much like your mother. I think that happened with, because I grew up with my aunt. Mm. There were a few times I remember growing up when I'd be talking to her, you know, like we'd be sitting in the living room or whatever, just talking and it would shift. Like, I don't know how to explain, but like the way she was talking. I to know me exactly would, what you're talking it about. It would kind of shift like I wasn't, you know, a 15 year old anymore. Now I was her older sister, Carmen. Yeah. And I remember that would happen sometimes and it would. You know, like, it's one of those, I was a child, so I was just kind of like, I don't yeah. know what to do. I don't know why you're talking to me, like, you know, like, this candidly or openly. Yeah, like, you're telling, I shouldn't know what you're telling me. Yeah. Because I, I don't actually have the other information. I didn't experience it. I yeah, and it'd be All for, I have is this. It'd just be for a little bit of the conversation, you know, like, I hear that kind of, like, shift happening. And it wasn't until it had happened a few times that I realized, oh, I wonder if she's, like 
thinking I'm my mom. Like, I wonder if I sound enough like my mother or like act enough. I'm sure I have her mannerisms and stuff. Um, Yeah, of course. And I'm sure I look like, I do look like her. Like, I've seen photos of her when she was younger, like my age. And we look very similar. So I just, I remember realizing that a little bit later on in life and going, oh, that's so sad. (laughs) Yeah, it is so sad. But and yet. It is those like we have these feedback loops in our brain, right? Of like you hear something and there's like a sense of memory and whatever. And but yeah, I had to um I had to talk to my therapist a lot about that actually because my mom has three sisters and they all have done that at some point yeah. with me as well. That I was like, I don't know how to handle it. Oh, like it's so and, weird. And it's nothing that like I don't even think I've ever even talked to them about it. Like if they hear it on here, I'm gonna be like, oh, like I, it's not good or bad. It's just a thing that I'm like I've definitely never yeah, said it to my. It's aunt. just a thing that like. I, again, like, I don't think either of us mean it in a negative way. Mm-hmm. It's just a thing of, like, I don't know how to approach that. And I don't know how to help you or I don't know how, to, like, it feels very, like, ugh. Like, and again, like, I want to put up a boundary to be, like, especially if it's certain things that I'm, like, I just shouldn't know that. She didn't tell me for a reason. Yeah. And it's not ours to tell now. Like, I think that there's certain things like that that I have. Not that I'm keeping secrets or anything, but it's, like, actually, I'm okay not knowing i think you just also after having lost a parent and then dealing with like the siblings of that parent Mm. you realize how emotionally complicated everybody truly is you know like people you think are super solid and you know like permanent you know like those people like my aunt is like that she's very um she's a doctor and she's very like clinical in a lot of ways And those kinds of things would happen and it'd be like, oh, yeah, you are. There are other parts to you, even though you don't like to show them as often. Yeah. And I think, again, acknowledging that we are all on our own grief journey, like we're having our own experience. And like that person that you had for 12 years in your life, she had for 20, 30 some years. I mean, my mom was her big sister. My mom was the oldest one. So. She never knew a day without her. No, and even like kind of weird things, right? And I don't know, was your mom the youngest or oldest or in the middle? My mom was in the middle. There was four sisters and she was the second oldest. Okay. So she was like right So in the this might have happened with your mother or maybe your father too. I don't know where he stood yeah. in his family, you know. He was siblings. the baby. Oh, he was a baby. Okay. By 10 years. Yeah. Didn't happen to him. Um, yeah. <laughs> but there were stories. Like they were out of the house for most of his growing up. Yeah. So. There were stories that my mom would tell me as a child that I grew up hearing that were about my aunt violet who's the youngest <laughs> who didn't remember it because she was four years old when it happened oh so wild then, so you're like i'm recounting something to you yeah, that you i me as her niece right i was recounting mm-hmm. something to her that my deceased mother told me as a child about her <laughs> it's like inception but that happened a couple times where there were a few stories that i would tell because my mother told them to me all the time and they were funny like yeah. this instance where my aunt violet when she was like four years old bit a chunk out of another girl's leg because she wouldn't give her toy back but you know my aunt was young she was four or something at the time she's like i don't remember that but my my (laughs) mom was like seven and was like it was horrifying (laughs) i like did your your auntie ever been like that didn't happen no she she acknowledges (laughs) it i mean i think she was one of those kinds of kids you didn't want to cross which is fair but it's just like i wonder if there's ever a moment of like i don't like every once in a while one of my relatives will be like oh i I don't remember that happening and i'm like yeah but it's not even things like just that my mom told me it's sometimes things that like i was there for and i'm like no, no, it was... That happens. It was a... Your mind. It was a thing. Think like, <laughs> your mind is a very wonderful thing, but let me tell you what, there were witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> Truly. But yeah, those. I feel like those firsts are just wild. So, yeah. you know, 
we dedicate this episode to anyone who's lost and to grief, but also the like, first without somebody. And I think that can even mean yeah. like I had a friend reach out to me on Instagram after posting about abandonment issues coming mm. out. And she was telling me that she, you know, got into a relationship with a guy at the beginning of COVID and they're now breaking mm-hmm. up. And yeah. the like the loss that she's feeling and I think very tangible loss that she's feeling, especially in a time where we're so isolated, like to lose yeah. the one person that you were isolating with. I think yeah. in in that realm, too, like even just in the dating world. Yeah is a greater loss than it would be if you could just go hang out with your friends or like, I don't know, do yeah. other things, even though the loss of a partner or whatever, you know, I mean, I'm saying loss, but yeah. a breakup um, is hard yeah. in and of itself. But I, I have a feeling there are a lot of people going through breakups because that just is what happens. And yeah. during this time, I'm so sorry. It yeah. must be so hard. And I, I don't know what it's like, but I, I do acknowledge yeah. that you're grieving. Yeah. And same with like, the people who have, I mean, what are we at now? 254,000 people have passed. Yeah, which means times that by three. Alone. And that's the minimum amount of people that are grieving those people who are gone. You know what I yeah. mean? Like everyone most likely has three people around them who at least three, right? Yeah. The very minimum three people who love and care about them. Mm-hmm. And I think that's true even of people who are, you know, disowned or whatever. Yeah. I think that no matter what, someone is torn up about that loss, even if they're not willing to acknowledge it right now. Yeah. You know, I'm talking about those relationships that are not good, right? Like yeah. they're not happy, go lucky, beautiful. You know, there's complicated. That being yeah, said, like including with parents, yeah, and family, like not just. I, I mean, I think you mean it like this, but it's not. It's not just romantic partners or no, like good or bad relationships. Family, like your cousin, whoever yeah. it is that passed away. And right now, we're having an influx of so much death, which yeah. means we're having an influx of so much grief because. Yeah. Like I said, the minimum grieving those however many thousands of people who have died is three per person, I figure. And most likely yeah, it's absolutely. more than that for most people. Like I know that Definitely. if I died, there would be a yeah, lot of people bro, who, would, stacks and stacks of folks. Who, would co- who would care, who would cry. They better. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all better cry. I'm going to okay. come back as a ghost to make sure. Wait, whichever one of us goes first, I will, we'll make sure the other one has a lot of people crying yeah. for them. I'm going to be Deal. legit a ghost. <laughs> Like, if I have the opportunity, if I, you know, like, I go, I mean, I'm going to hold on to something so I could stay on this earth and terrorize Like, is that people. a thing you can commit to? Like, is that not a thing that just ha- I mean, again, I don't, I don't know how truthful the movies I've seen on Ghosts well, are. Well, I think so. if I strategically make sure that I don't deal with all of my shit before I go, then I'll have something to stay here for. Do you think that means there's a lot more ghosts then because of COVID because people didn't get to say goodbye? I don't know. I mean, this is a thing. I've been getting into ghost stories, right? Like podcast ghost stories. And I know getting we're switching into, into girl, Halloween. You're into them. You into them. Um, <laughs> That's part of the holidays. It's holidays. That's fine. But I think like, I don't know anything. I don't know anything. But I also think <laughs> that people's energies can be left behind. I do mm-hmm. think that. And I don't know if there will be more energies. But listen, get some salt. Get a white candle. <laughs> Protect yourself. Clarissa, Clarissa will put up a post on how to uh... <laughs> how to make a pentagram <laughs> <laughs> from from your local Buddhist. Yeah, from your local Buddhist. Wiccan work. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I think there there very well may be a lot more ghosts now. But I also think I'm most thing if we're going by the standard, like how you become a ghost. Yeah, unfinished business. Well, what I hope though is most people are able to come to terms with their whatever it yes. is before they go, and I, I kind of They're, they find that that ease. I think that people of do transition, and then, you know, I you know, I don't know because I'm not dead. I'm alive. 
But, but I think that a lot of people, at least it seems like it, and maybe it's when they're really sick. I guess it happens when you're sick because you have more time to process. But being able to say, okay, I'll let that go. You know, like, okay, yeah. it's not, you know, this thing I was so upset about for, you know, my entire life. I can let that go. That's my yeah. hope. Because I think holding on to stuff until your dying day just sounds really painful. It does. Oh, girl, we've gotten into I it. Know. So it's time we have a little section of our podcast called Could You Just Not? Could You Just Not? Just a little moment to uh, air your grievances yeah. uh, about uh, maybe what you wish people wouldn't do, especially in terms of how you're grieving. And let's do a holiday edition, perhaps? A little holiday edition. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, do you have one or you want me to go first? You go first. Okay, good. <laughs> My feet are all tangled in this cord. Um... <laughs> Guys, it's hazardous to record. It's hazardous. Um, no, we're okay. We're doing great. We're really we're doing here. Great. We're here. We're here. We're here. We're here. Could you just not ask me if I want to buy a great Christmas gift for mom or dad? I feel like I should be given a nickel for every single time I gotta get an email that tells me that I don't have someone to buy a gift for. I'm mad about it. I'm sad about it. Half the time, I yell "fuck you" at the screen. Half the time, I'm just like, how many times can I unsubscribe to you? I don't want to do this. Could you just not ask me to spend money on dead people? Just kidding. I'll spend money on dead people. I just mean like, could you not remind me they're not here? Oh, that's a good one. I still yeah, don't it's know a, one. It's true for every single holiday. Yeah, it is. It's true for every yeah, single what holiday. What you got for me, girl? Could you just not? And this goes out to my orphans or non-orphans or whoever. (laughs) Give a gift that is not personal to that person. I know everybody in a suburban home has that box of bullshit that you give to people you don't know. Don't you dare give me one of those gifts. I will know because my phone doesn't fit in that thing. Or I will know because... You would know that I already have seven of that kind of scarf. Could you just <laughs> not think a little bit first? Come on, it's the holidays. It's the holidays. It does. Like when you don't have when you don't have your parents, getting an impersonal gift feels so So like you are affronting. Just- dismissed whatever yeah. who cares and i know you know personal gifts yeah, you're too. like nobody knows me anymore listen the person who knew me doesn't the, they don't know here. me but this is the thing <laughs> a personal gift doesn't need to be expensive you could write me a no, damn you... letter i would love oh my it. gosh that's my favorite if everybody just wrote me like a card oh, i would love words it words are... i loved handwriting i love i love all yeah, of it i'm like I'm you like, don't yeah, need to spend a bunch card. of money you don't need to get me the next Mm-mm. echo dot or whatever the kids want these days no, girl, you don't want to be spied on exactly what? i'm sure they're great I don't want that anyway <laughs> you don't have to think too hard just give me write me something or get me um a candle you thought i would like or yeah. i don't know it can be it can be anything you could draw a picture damn yeah but again, like, make sure that candle is something that you know I like the smell of. Exactly. Like, not that's just... Connect it to a memory that. of me or just, could you just not get me anything at all? Yeah. Could you just give me a hug? Yeah. Just don't give me anything then. Forget about could it. Could you just not do it? Oh, girl. Well, we made it to the end. Yes. I'm very happy. Thank you for joining us for this first episode. Yes. Thank you for joining us for Abandonment Issues. Abandonment Issues. So good. Um. Next week, amazing episode with our dear friend Dion. Definitely tune back in. Yes, she's a riot. She is 
So great. Uh, tell us where the folks can find us on the socials, my friend. All right. So let's get a little bit intimate. All right. <laughs> so on Instagram, you can find us at Abandonment Issues Pod. That's at Abandonment Issues Pod. And on Twitter, you can find us at Abandonment Pod because Abandonment Issues Pod was too many characters. So Twitter it's... has a limit of 15 characters. Twitter has a limit of 15 <laughs> characters. So it's at Abandonment Pod. Now, Sarah, where can these lovely individuals find you personally on social? Personally, you can find me at Sarah Bassick on both Instagram and on, oh, is that right? On Twitter. Yeah, that seems is right. It not right. I think it's Sarah Bassick, not Sarah Beth Bassick. <laughs> Try both, folks. Guys. I'm going to tell you, I'll put it, I'll, we'll put it in the information, but also I, I will learn this information. For <laughs> but definitely follow us at Abandonment Issues Pod on Insta, Abandonment Pod on Twitter. on Twitter. And if you want to email us your stories, ask questions, whatever, send us a DM on either of those things. Send it to our email, abandonmentissuespod at gmail.com. Don't misspell abandonment like I often do. It's a difficult word, but you'll get it. Sometimes when you're typing, you just forget a letter. You just put in a couple extra N's and M's, you know? You just forget an M. M and M's. That little sticker I had made where it was not even spelled. (laughs) Um... And for yes. me to find me on social media personally. Yes, please. Because, Sorry. Listen, How could we find you, Clarissa? Help my analytics by going to Instagram <laughs> at Clarissa. Yes, I am that bitch at <laughs> Clarissa. And then on Twitter, it's just at- so you know, she just means the handle is at Clarissa. It's just- the rest was just commentary that she is that bitch because she has. Yes, let me make it very clear. Clarissa. It's <laughs> at Clarissa. So just my first name. And then on Twitter, it's at Clarissa T. So at Clarissa with the first letter of my last name. We love it. We want to hear from you. We want to share this creative community. Have everyone, you know, let's laugh, cry, and heal together, as we always say. Absolutely. So be gentle with yourselves this holiday season. Yes. We wish you a very joyous and safe and healthy holiday season. Yeah. And when you're not in those spaces, feel free to reach out. Yeah. Email us, folks. Bye bye. Bye. Abandonment Issues is an original podcast from the brain of Sarah Beth Bassick. It is created and produced by Clarissa Tebow and Sarah Beth Bassick. Sound design by Sarah Beth Bassick. Our incredible theme music is by the brilliant Daniel Hart.